Is there not an entire section on this subject? Yes, yes, that's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about me for is, is your, is your book for sale about it? Yes. I'm not sure. I just go and try and do a better job. Let me tell you. Say it like you mean it. This is my vibe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You. Norm, the master's dog Dunham, aka the evangelical norm. So let me tell you, as a podcast that I do, just dealing with current events, looking at these things from a Christian worldview. How do we as Christians react to the things that are going on in the world around us? And so this is just a, an occasional podcast that I do when things pop up that I really, really feel like need to be addressed. I have great hopes of doing like one a week. I did for a while. Um, and then just life kind of took over, uh, working graveyard shifts, stuff like that. And just really kind of came to the point where I'm like, this is a podcast that just an occasional thing once in a while back to making this a weekly thing, dropping it every Monday morning, like I used to, but now it's just kind of, uh, whenever I can. And when there's a, an issue that I really, really feel needs to be addressed, there's a few of those coming up. Um, hopefully going to do a couple more of these over the next week or so. So we'll see what happens and, and how we do that. But uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the title of the, the podcast is Crying Wolf and Crocodile Tears. So, of course, I mean, we talked last week about different verdicts of, of different things that came up going on in, in trial. Justice is blind, right? Uh all that stuff. Well, there's a couple more pretty interesting court cases that we wanted to, I want to take a look at. I think are very important to look at and examine them as what we should, as we should as, as Christians. So first off we have, uh, Jesse Smollett or Jesse Smollett, Juicy, what, what, you guys know the story, you know, what went down. He, uh, like, I don't know. Was it? Two years, I guess, 2019, that he made the claim that he was out at 2 a.m. in a horrible Chicago storm going to. And he was attacked by two MAGA hat wearing racists that uh, I think they covered him with bleach, um, milk, something, and uh, put a noose around his neck. Um, made a bunch of racial slurs, and then he wandered on home to call the police. Didn't call the police till he got home. Uh, and and again, so here this is the story. And the reality is, when I, here here everyone was going making a big deal of this is this is fake, and they all honed in on the subway sandwich. Which when he got home. I could buy being attacked and still picking up your sandwich off the ground. This was, but this was some people's evidence that this is absolutely wrong. This is that he's he's lying and so on and so forth. I wanted to give the initial benefit of the doubt, and I did. 
And then, and I, I said, okay. I mean, there was a lot of stuff to look at and go, this is sketchy. Go out for a Subway sandwich. This is a dude that I'm pretty sure had some food in his apartment. And as much as I love Subway, McDonald's, Burger King, you know, all of those things, I'm a, I'm a fast food junkie and I have diabetes to prove it. Um, I'm not going out at two in the morning in a blizzard in like one of the worst storms in recent history at that point, right? I mean, this was, this was outrageous to think that this was happening at this time and going to get a sandwich. I'm, I'm making something at home. I'm pretty sure Jesse had food at home. So that was the first thing, you know, Chicago is not big MAGA territory. I'm sure there are some Trump supporters in Chicago. I'm sure they're not devoid of MAGA people. It's possible. But the fact that they would also be out at 2 in the morning in the middle of this huge storm with the intent to... I mean, they had a noose. They had all the stuff. I mean, this would... Meditated. This was something that they're like, oh, guess what? Here's now's our chance. Are they like in another apartment, like spying on Jesse, waiting for him to go out? I mean, they could have just got him in the hallway. They could. I mean, and th- so all these these facts, the least of which I was looking at. The subway sandwich, you know. Um, so, yeah, that was just an, an intro. But. All these things, and I, I just, I tried to go, let's look past it. We're going to give the benefit of the doubt. Because here again, as, and, and we've gone back and forth, and I've, right, on waiting for all the facts. Because some people go, oh, no, white people, when they say waiting for all the facts, it's just waiting to come up with a criminal history or whatever, you know, in, in the case of, like, Mike Brown, George Floyd, so on. Mike Brown, obviously, we needed to wait for the facts because it came out that the the lies were there. He, it wasn't hands up, don't shoot. It was he was art, wrestling with a police officer for his gun. But then again, I can look in the, the George Floyd case. At the time, at the moment, there was no knowledge of his criminal history. There was none of this, uh, you know, I mean, it was, there was the issue that had happened at the time. And none of what was happening at the time, none of his past criminal history was worthy of nine minutes with a knee on the neck. So, right, Derek Chauvin murdered that man because he kept drugs in his system, whatever. The knee on the neck exacerbated whatever other circumstances that killed George Floyd. And none of his criminal past had anything to do with it. But here again, here's a situation where we go... We, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to weigh evidence when the truth comes out. And the truth came out that he made it all up. He arranged this with a couple of guys that were supposed to be his personal trainers who were both black as well. So again, no video evidence was, was found on of the, the attack or anything like that. So we, we know that there weren't a couple of white guys with MAGA hats who did this. We, do, we had no evidence, and now we know that he hired his personal trainers 
to do this, even to the point where they went and bought the material that was used for the noose and so on. We All this is evidence. All this is evidence. So he lied. He, he literally cried wolf in this situation. Now, the way we come back and we look at this and we go, this is I mean, literally, this is Jesse Smollett spitting in the face of anybody who has actually encountered any kind of violent. I mean, we look at things like Emmett Till. And we look at these these situations that have happened and Jesse Smollett is going to make up some crap. I mean, it's literally spitting in the face of every other person who has had a violent attack based upon the color of their skin for what? So he he was afraid he was going to lose his job on Empire. He was afraid he was going to he wasn't getting enough publicity. He needed to be out there in the public. What was the purpose behind this? What was he what was he aiming to to gain from making up this story other than public sympathy and an attention? I mean literally an attention whore in the worst definition of the word. And 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 the thing so he was tried all this came out, and so there were charges brought, six charges of disorderly conduct for lying to police for in interviews, and one of those six uh, he was found, he was acquitted of. But he was found guilty of lying to police on five of these six counts of disorderly conduct. I mean, filing false police reports, stuff. I mean, this is serious. And he was found guilty, but yet here his his lawyer is now saying, oh, we're going to appeal this. And he's 100% confident that his name is going to be cleared by an appellate court. Here's the deal. I think that the, the, the black community should rise up and squash this. Because literally every point in time where this man continues to maintain this lie is a slap in the face to... People like Emmett Till and Rodney King and Eric Garner and, you know, all of the people who literally were, you know, George Floyd even. You know, all these people who endured violence put upon them based upon the color of their skin because of the, being black. I mean, he's he's literally spitting in their face. I can't imagine why anybody... Would would even you know, everybody everybody even to the to the worst of the worst race baiters out there Al Sharpton should be calling for this man to just take his lumps and take his charges and and step out of the public eye because it literally is disgusting. There's absolutely no way you can think that this is a true story. All the evidence is there and it's come out and yet he still of gaslighting. Jesse Smollett is the the epitome of gaslighting. And I honestly, I mean, here I am, yeah, I'm I'm the white guy who's making we're you know the comments and blah 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 blah. And I'm sure somebody out there is gonna start throwing some white supremacy uh, accusations at me because I don't believe Jesse Smollett. I believe the freaking evidence. And there's no way 
around it that this man is an absolute liar. Disgusting. You know, I think of, uh, I mean, my sister-in-law and my niece who are black, who live here with me. And I think about the, the fact that they live in fear. I mean, not abstract fear. It's not like, but there's always the concern. I mean, when she, if she gets pulled over by police, there's an obvious fear there. And to a point reasonable, I mean, we've seen enough to know that there is, there is the possibility that you're going to get a cop that is afraid of them because they're black, that is dislikes them because they're black, that even at the point that, I mean, is just suspicious. I mean, just an, an, an unreasonable suspicion because of the color of their skin, who live in that, that, that place of, again, I don't, it's not like they're, they're cowering inside the house and afraid to go out or anything like that. But they're in the back of their mind. I mean, I've heard guys like Kirk Kennedy talk about it. And, you know, Alexander Wade and, and guys who have, who have stepped out and said, these are things that are always in the back of our mind. Right? And so, but to, to have this guy make a statement that never happened, that essentially kind of exacerbates the, the problem. Because now people go, well, yeah, he's, he's not trustworthy. He's this and that and that. And it, it, ultimately it will come down to the fact. I mean, it's because I would say it's because he's an attention whore. But there are going to be people, and you know, on different off the wall, alt-right, out there podcasts who are like, this is what black people are like. And I mean, there are those of us who absolutely know that's not, this is what this dude is. I almost said something. <laughs> it's what, what this despicable human being is like, I mean, I, I would, I would even be willing to, if he would just come out and go, I did it. I'm sorry. These were my reasons. I and, and there's no, no excuse then I would be willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. If I could say this guy could come out and give, I mean, and I, I'm not thinking about repentance in the, in like the full Christian salvation kind of sense, but to come out and just repent to his community at least. Right. I mean, it's despicable what this dude did. And, and, and if you, if you're, I mean, if you, if you still think that he's, going to be exonerated and that this actually happened get out of the rock that you've been living under and take the blinders off because it is absolutely obvious that this did not happen that this was not a racially motivated hate crime this was a attempt to get as much possible attention as he could for unknown motivation i why you would be motivated to make this kind of outrageous lie. I mean, this is the boy who cried an absolutely just blatantly disgusting level. I, I, I can't say anything more than that. It's just, it's absolutely wrong. Jesse Smollett just needs to go away. 
He needs to apologize and then go out of the public eye for a long, long time. And come back when you're ready to be honest. Come back when you're And God knows, I hope that he actually does repent in a salvific way. Walks away from the homosexual lifestyle. Repents, puts his trust in Christ. That would be fantastic. I would love to see that. Do I, do I have high hopes? Not in my flesh. I mean, I, I know the Holy Spirit can get anybody, and that's what God does. It's not me. I mean, I can call Jesse Smollett to repentance a hundred times a day, and it's not going to be me that's going to see that happen. It's only the Holy Spirit that is going to make that happen. So you got that. You've got this this outrageous situation of crying wolf. And then on the, on the flip side, you've got this guy. You've got Josh Duggar who fooled a lot of people, and me included, with his crocodile tears. So the story behind Josh Duggar, we know years back, it's been, I don't know, I can't remember when the initial story broke that he had, um, as a teenager, he had molested four of his sisters and another young lady um, over a period of time. And this all came out. And so, again, my wife and I, well, I don't know that I would say I loved watching the show. My wife did. My wife was into it, watched every episode. I tended to watch with her. Um, you know, I mean, it was, there, it was great. Wholesome Christian values on a TV show, if not leaning into a real legal get too deep into the the legalistic part of it but there was obviously some some leanings in that direction but it was just like these are people are christian we're hearing the name of christ we're seeing this stuff these kids are being raised with hopefully you know some good morals at least what we can see and so on so we're watching this happen and then this comes up we're watching these people grow up these kids grow up on on uh you know, on television. And so we're like, oh yeah, this is great. This is great. You know, wholesome family entertainment. And then this story breaks. And I believe this was after he had already been married. Um, a couple of his sisters had already gotten married. So the story breaks though, that he had molested some of his sisters and the statement that he made was quote, 12 years ago as a young teenager, which I am extremely sorry and deeply regret. I hurt others, including my family and close friends, unquote. So this is a Facebook statement that he had made at the time. Quote, we spoke with the authorities where I confessed my wrongdoing and my parents arranged for me and those affected by my actions to receive counseling. I understood that if I continued down this wrong road, that I would end up ruining my life, unquote. So this was like, this was the crocodile tears Josh Duggar coming out and going, look, I did this at the, t-. and, and again, at the time when it was found out, it was reported to the police. He went through counseling. We looked at this and I said, and I defended the guy. I really did. And looking back now, I'm like, probably not my, you know, I look at some of those tweets that I put out at the time and I'm like, these didn't age well. And I'm willing to admit that. Ooh, someone who's willing to admit when they were wrong. Yes, I am willing to admit when I'm wrong, when it is thrown back in my face with extreme circumstances. 
thrown back in my I defended this guy. I'm like, look here, repentance, blah, blah, blah. The same credibility I, or credit I would be willing to give to Jesse if he would repent, I gave to Josh Duggar. Of going, watch all the details. Don't just, and with anybody, any to any repentance that we see, anything as, a, as an evangelist, somebody who goes out, I spent the morning out at the abortion clinic in Salt Lake City preaching the gospel, trying to offer help to young women who were there abortion-minded and sharing the gospel with anybody else who was walking by and, and so on, preaching the good news, hoping that people would turn in repentance and faith. But even if I were to walk these people down the road of the Romans' road to repentance, right? And walk them through and see them pray and, and accept Jesus. I hate that terminology, but you know. Repent of their sin. Put their faith in Christ. I still would go, now we got to see some fruit. Right? We have to see some fruit. There has to be something. Right? At least some little bit of change. Repentance means today you may, you're not where you want to be, but where you're not where you're used to be right? You are growing in holiness. It's called sanctification. Obviously, that was not happening with Josh Duggar. The fruit of his repentance was rotten because apparently it was crocodile tears. It wasn't repentance at all. It was, it was, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry this came out. Because then we see after all this went down, within a, a, a fair Madison, the affair um, website, right? There, I think their slogan is some disgusting thing like life is short, having an affair, or some crap. But a huge data breach. And this, this, the list of their clients was leaked. And there were senators and, and I don't know if there were pastors or whatever. No, nobody that I listened to, thank God, was on this list. But Josh Duggar was twice. He had two accounts, two accounts for Ashley Madison to cheat on his wife, to be unfaithful to his family. And then after all that, and again, the, 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 the crocodile tears came out. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I did this. Um, again, a statement from Josh and his wife, uh, since the residential treatment program ended, we have been working with a professional marriage and family counselor to take an important steps towards healing, unquote. Uh, Josh and Anna wrote in a statement in March 2016, quote, as the future unfolds, we are taking one day at a time and we are grateful for your continued prayers for both of us and our sweet children, unquote. So again, here we get the crocodile tears from Josh. I'm so sorry I messed up again and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And this again, and, and at this point, I kind of step back. I wasn't jumping in to defend him on Twitter to all the people who you know love the 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 don't judge lest you be judged unless they're judging somebody else and that was not so much of, of a defense of him but as a uh, you know kind of throw it back in their face of you guys are really doing exactly what you say Christian again you don't claim to be Christian so I guess it's just okay for you. You know, okay for me, but not for thee kind of thing. And that was what, but again, I came back to a place of used by my father and he repented. 
I, again, I, I use that terminology in a, a worldly sense because I don't know if my dad ever truly repented and put his faith in Christ. I don't know if my dad seven, actually 10, I think nine or 10 years ago today, this it's December 17th. Uh, coincidentally, the day my dad died either 2011 or 2012. I don't remember. Um, 2011 I'm pretty sure 10 years ago today my father passed away and so I don't know if he ever repented and put his faith in Christ but he repented of that action he got help and it never happened again and so all these people are like no these people are never able to recover and never rehabilitated it can happen I saw it with my father I saw a change in him did, it, did I, would I ever excuse what he did to me and my sisters? No, no, never, ever. He always has to deal with the circumstances of that. But I do know, and I forgave him. I didn't excuse him. But I forgave him because I saw a true turning of his attitude and his ways. Point that... Had my dad not died before I had children, I would let my kids stay with my dad. I trusted him that much. I know he wasn't saved, or I don't think he was saved. It's possible. He might have died on his deathbed. He may have repented. Up to that point, I don't think he ever truly did. But again, so that was the, the defense as I was like, he could be repentant. He is repentant and, and you guys are judging and so on and so forth. But then with the Ashley Madison, it was, okay, step back. We got just got to watch this dude. I'm not defending him anymore because obviously the fruit is not there. And it showed, it bore out to the point where, again, the worst of the worst of the worst. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to go into detail. Just. I'm not, I listened to, I think, Allie Stuckey or somebody the other night talking about it and just the, no, child porn on his computer, the worst of the worst of the worst. And he was found guilty. I don't know what kind of sentencing he got. I didn't, didn't look into that or anything like that, but I hope he goes away. And then I hope there is some, you look at this man and you go, there's no repentance. There's none. He has continued to go down a, a, the path and get worse and worse and worse. There's no, no, there was no ever godly repentance. There may have been worldly, worldly sorrow. But even in that, it was all bound up in crocodile tears. It was fake. But those of us who want to, give credit where, you know, got sucked in. Those are, those are these, these two extremes, right? These two extremes, crying wolf and crocodile tears that are, are so where as, as Christians, we have to, again, we have to come out and be as innocent as doves. Truly need to look into all of this stuff. We, was it wrong to give Jesse Smollett the benefit? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
when you hear of horrifying stories and so on, we initially, we want to side with that victim. We mourn with those who mourn, right? Even if we are being fooled into to, to thinking that it's mourning when it's really not. But then we look at all the details. We look at it and we don't just give a, 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 a clear brush uh, pass to whatever is going on. We look at the truth. We look for the truth in all things. And then when we get somebody who is, is found that we, we think is, I mean, look at all the people, Artaxerdia, who his wife, Ted Haggard, who was like the, the pinnacle of, of Christian society at the time. You know, he was, he was the, the top of the top of the top. I remember thinking they did a, a documentary on him and he made a statement in the documentary, I think it was on HBO or something. He says, I don't mean to brat or I don't mean to be proud. And I'm like, well, okay, stop right there then. But he said, people vote. I can't remember uh, how he said, but people vote with their attendance or something like that. And I'm winning this election. And I remember hearing him say that and go, this guy's going to go down hard. I mean, I really, at the time, I was in a, 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 a church with bad theology, and I really looked up to Ted Haggard, and at the time, you know, to watch him fall. And we've seen it over and over and over again. Mark Driscoll, uh, Artaxerdia, uh, Robbie Zacharias, Tolian Shabijan. I, the list goes on and on and on of men who have moral failings and have fallen and many of them who come right back into without really giving any kind of repentance, showing any kind of repentance. They're, they're, it's worldly sorrow, not godly repentance. But we look at these things and initially we will, we will go, okay, let's see evidence lay out. Where does the evidence lie? But I think, what am I trying to say? I, I, I think I'm trying to say that we give benefit to those who would cry wolf. And we initially, we just jump in with, uh, you know, um, let's see where this goes and mourn with those who mourn. Because I think it's better to err on that side instead of immediately going, well, I don't just don't, I just don't think it's true. Yeah, again, the the only piece of evidence that most people had when they immediately just shut down. And I mean, they were proven to be right, but immediately they were like the, the subway sandwich. That's the, the damning evidence. And I'm like, I don't think that's really all that damning. I mean, I've been jumped before. And I think if had I been, I, I, I had a beer. The one time I got jumped by a skinhead who tried to gouge my eye out and I had a beer in my hand when I walked in the room when he jumped up and knocked me down and put, took me to the ground. I still had that beer in my hand when I came out. So the Subway sandwich wasn't the damning evidence. All the rest of it that came out was. So I think as Christians we should go, okay, let's err on the side of uh, comfort to those who may have actually been victimized and then we can, you know, we can call them to repent if it comes out that they are crying wolf like Jesse Smollett. And hopefully there's not a lot of people. I mean, we've seen evidence. There's been a lot of different uh, on college campuses where the N-word has been put out and come to find out it was actually a black person that put it out there trying to 
drum up some kind of, of uh, attention or something like that. And I'm, and again, I'm, I'm giving examples of, of this racial thing where, I mean, there's crying wolf on all sides of, in all circumstances, right? We've had women who have, who have accused people of rape that wasn't actually true. We have all of that. So I think, but again, as a Christian man or a Christian anybody, we should err on the side of comfort to those who might be victimized. And I think that as we see a Christian celebrity, per se, or a Christian who comes out and, and we think that they're walking in one way and then they show they like and, and, and again, I'm not talking about, you know, a, a little lie or, or falling into sin or stumbling into sin, the, you know, occasionally slipping off the wagon and looking at pornography kind of thing. But when it comes to the point where it's like this has been an ongoing habit for a very long time and you've been hiding it very well until what we all know as, as Christians, we should, that the darkness is going to come to the light at some point in time. And so when we see these circumstances, we don't just immediately go, okay, you're, you've repented, we've seen it, you've cried, you've showed some emotion, everything is forgiven. We give, again, we go, okay, we need to watch. There should be restoration. There should be, you know, counseling with an elder of the church and so on and constant accountability and and so on. Obviously, Josh Duggar never got that. I don't know what church they had or who their pastor was or anything like that, but obviously he did not get that. I know being a member of the church that I'm a member of, Refuge Church in Ogden, Utah, if it ever came out that I had a long, long history of continuing to look at porn, which has been my besetting sin in the past, which, praise God, I have been virtually porn-free. I mean, I get I get the occasional, well, and sometimes not so occasional. I, I've had, I've literally had days where I've had up to 15 to 20 porn Twitter accounts try to follow me on Twitter. So as you go in to block these people and so on, you end up seeing it. I'm not talking about that. But again, I've been I've been porn free for reasonably porn free, right? I, I can't say that I have never looked at pornography in however many years. But I if it's there, it, it goes away. I've never carried it out to its result. We'll just leave it at that. But I've had it pop up. I've fallen and and looked. But since I made my wife my accountability partner on uh, Covenant Eyes, I I have had far more success in resisting the sin of pornography than I ever had in the past with an elder or anybody else. But were it to come out that I was lying, obviously as Josh Duggar was, of abuse and and pornography and this and that one i would be there would be church discipline i would be called to the elders if i refuse to repent to them and and fall under whatever restoration process they gave me then it would be excommunication from the church which i've seen and i love my elders because of that i have i've watched them carry out church discipline to its ultimate end and that's not what we want to see we want to see People repented and restored, but when they refuse to do so, 
They are excommunicated. And I've seen that happen. I know my elders would put me under that. And they would follow up. And they would be intent. You know, there would be no lags. There would be weekly, daily. I mean, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure uh, Pastor Dan would be happy to call me hour after hour after hour to say, hey, are you doing okay? Send me send me a, a Covenant Eyes report right now. Right? I mean, this would be, obviously Josh Duggar didn't get that. And this was, it should how we be. This should be how we are with people who come to this. We just don't ever just give them a free pass, immediately a clean slate. We have to, I mean, God can do that because he knows whether or not it's true repentance. We, we say, okay, we understand there are steps that need to be made to restoration with you. Josh never got that. And obviously there's no fruit in keeping with repentance. I would look at Josh Duggar right now and say he is very likely an unbeliever. He is a non-believer. He is not truly repentant. Never has he been. Because there has been no fruit in keeping with repentance. There's been no improvement. There's been no no sanctification that we can see. And again, we're not going to obviously see that. But when these circumstances happen, if there was an elder who was walking through some kind of restoration process with him, I would hope that this would be a different situation. So this is how we deal with crying wolf and, and, and uh, crocodile tears from a Christian worldview. You know, we don't just immediately dismiss anybody's story. Accept it either. No matter how much they cry or how much emotion they show. Same thing with crying wolf. No matter how much they cry or how much emotion they show. Right? Either way. We have to be innocent as doves and wise as serpents. We really have to examine. This is why it's really important to wait for all the facts to come out. Does that mean we, we just immediately just say, no, they're wrong, they're this, they're that? No. Mourn with those who mourn. You know, even in the case of Mike Brown. I love Kirk Kennedy has a song, in No Justice, No Peace, off of the C4 album. And he says, there's a line in there and I'm going to screw it up a little bit. But he says, uh, you know, was he was he running and shot in the back or was he was he wrestling for the gun? Something to that effect. But have we all forgot that they just lost a son? You know, we're, we're all so quick to put out our opinions and so on. But yet this family lost a son. No, whatever the circumstances behind Michael Brown's death and George Floyd and, and Eric Garner and. Uh, Trayvon Martin and and the list goes on and on and on right some we saw play out right in front of us on video there's no way to deny it I think Philandro Castile right absolutely murdered by a police officer who was fearful of him because he was black we mourn with those who mourn closely examine what's going on Call them out if they're lying. If it's repentance, if repentance happens, then we watch. We don't just immediately go, okay, you're clear, you're free, you're good to go. We watch and see if there is fruit. 
in keeping with repentance. And then we evaluate as time goes on. So there you go, guys. Um, hopefully this was helpful, beneficial. Bring the, bring the smoke. I'm ready for the questions, comments, snide remarks. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit notifications. Get all the stuff that I release here. I do a lot of different stuff. Music reviews, movie reviews, uh, false teachers of the week, dealing with false doctrines, uh, persecuted church stuff, all kinds of stuff that I do. Um, there's only one guy that works harder in the podcasting world to me, and that's Dwayne Atkinson, and I hope to surpass him one day. Um, maybe. <laughs> so um, thank you guys for, for tagging along and enduring me for 40 minutes. I really got to go to bed. I'm getting no sleep, and I got to go to work. So uh, thank you guys, as always. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.